Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. They've had some watershed moments in franchise history as Keyshawn and I sit across just a few miles away from Brooklyn. They have made the finals as the Nets in that incarnation. They've made the finals multiple times. They had some guy named Julius Irving play for them. There's been some great moments, but one of the watershed moments in team history came yesterday. James Harden in a blockbuster deal to the Brooklyn Nets. Four first-round picks, four teams, trade swaps, as big, as complex, and as interesting as it gets. And now the Nets certainly become the most interesting team in the NBA. We'll talk about it with Kendrick Perkins here in one second. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests, including the man they call Big Perk, on the Goodyear Hotline. Guys, quick thoughts on the deal, and then Perk will dig in with the comparison you have not heard yet. Boom or bust, that's it. Right? I mean, either they're going to go all the way and see the Lakers or it was all worth nothing. That's the way I look at it. Boom or bust. Well, I mean, this is exactly the position that the Nets wanted to be in. They wanted to be in a position to win a championship and have the rights to keep or retain Kevin Durant when he becomes a, a free agent eventually. Um, look, I, I like this move. I think it gives you some... Uh, it gives you some backup in case things don't go correct with Kyrie because I think James Harden and KD together will be enough to come out of the East. Potentially, they could surround him with the right pieces, but all three of them together, that's dangerous. And I also think this is continues to show you the power of player empowerment within the NBA where guys can dictate where they want to go. It doesn't matter what the length of their contract is. Uh, if guys do not like their situation, they can find a way to get to a situation that is in their favor. Well, I'll elaborate even more now because we, we, I thought we were going to get out of here and get to our guests. But it, you, you, you are right, Jay. It allows guys uh, to empower themselves in certain situations. But what I would say is when you look at this team with these three guys, if, if Kyrie comes back and when he comes back, that – they got to be the most talented three, obviously, on the East, in the East. You talk about Milwaukee and Giannis and what they're trying to do down there. Miami, obviously, was in the championship uh, last season. Boston's trying to figure out what they have. And the Sixers are playing well under Glenn Rivers. I don't want to say Doc Rivers. And so the Nets are, are in a situation where before Harden joined them, we all felt that they needed to make the Eastern Conference championship as well as the Eastern uh, uh, come out of it to take on the Lakers. Now even more pressure is on them to be able to do that. Indeed, and we are talking about the extreme short term where the Nets will be on the floor for the next time on Saturday. So we'll think about the short-term perspective for them. Obviously, everybody's going to be watching them. They'll be hosting the Orlando Magic, looking for a magical run from this trio. And just think about it long-term. Kevin Durant is 32. Kyrie Irving is 28. James Harden is 31. If they get this thing rolling, it could be rolling for quite some time. It's a pleasure to welcome in Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst who joins us. Big Perk on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead Goodyear more driven. Perk, everybody's had a million opinions on this trade. Twitter went crazy. But your tweet yesterday really struck out to a lot of people because you're already looking ahead to the greatness of not the Nets, but LeBron. Explain what happens down the road if the Lakers and the Nets meet in the NBA Finals and what a win would mean for the King over this triumvirate. Well, well first of all, Zoo, listen, LeBron James, in my eyes, and I believe in Jay Will's eyes, 
And I believe in Keyshawn Eyes is already the GOAT. But to a lot of old heads like Mike Greeny, Stephen A., Max, Jalen Rose, he still have a lot to prove. And if he beat this super team along with what he did beating the Golden State Warriors, the 73-9 and nine Golden State Warriors, I don't want to hear no more GOAT conversation, all right? Because it's over. <laughs> Might as well crown King James, all right? That's what I'm saying, Zoo. That's what my tweet meant. I, I, yeah, no, Perk, you, you, you're right, but it's just I'm in between, right? Like, MJ, LeBron, you know, those guys, Magic, them, I just enjoy watching greatness. So I kind of – but I get what you're saying. I, I totally get what you're saying about but, beating this trio. It will put you at another level. But, but Key, look, and I, and I don't fault you for that because, listen, if I go and sit down with my grandpa and my great uncles, they'll argue me down that Kareem or maybe Magic is the GOAT or maybe even Bill Russell, right? If I go sit down with some of my uncles – they may say that, hey, they go ride with Michael Jordan. If I go sit down with this generation, they go ride with LeBron James. So what that tells me is some people like to drink cream soda, others like to drink Sprite, and some people like to drink Dr. Pepper. It's whatever your preference is. I'm not even mad at you about that. The thing that I have a problem with is, is that when people start saying, like, championships define a basketball player legacy – all the way and that's not true and it's not accurate accurate because basketball is a team sport this is not an individual sport like boxing or 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 tennis or golf where you have to win championships to define your legacy do championships help your legacy absolutely but it's a lot of individual accolades throughout uh for basketball players that actually could elevate them for as being an all-time great Perk, what what was your feelings? And you knew this all along. Obviously, you know James Harden. The way James went about positioning himself to leave Houston to get to a destination that his taste buds would like. What did you What did you think about that? You know, I w- I was a little disappointed in James, and, and James is a great dude, man, great friend of mine. But I was a little disappointed in him. And they have this old saying, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And I wasn't mad at James for requesting a trade or wanting to go to a a tighter contender because he is getting up in this age and he is uh, going past his prime. But the way he did it, especially the last interview, one thing we all know, especially you, Jay, and Key, is that the last thing you should do is throw your teammates under the bus. And I thought he did just that by saying we're not good enough. We're not talented enough. Like, you don't have to say that about your teammates. They already know that you don't want to be there. Even if you feel that way, you're supposed to keep that inside. So I don't have a problem with him wanting out. I just didn't like the way that he conducted himself. And on another note, his professionalism, showing up late to training camp, showing up out of shape, Because here's the thing. It gets a little deeper with me. It's going to hurt the next generation, in my opinion. Guys like Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, who paved the way for guys like James and Kyrie and Kevin Durant and LeBron James 
to be getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Guess what? The way that certain guys are acting right now, they're, go, they're burning that bridge down. It's going to hurt the future. And that's what that's not what you want to do because guess what the owners go do? They go go to the next CBA and they go be like, nah, nah, we need to reconstruct some things. We need to address some things. I don't know if we could give guys $100 million. That's a great point. Perk brought it back to the past with Michael Jordan now looking ahead to the future on what this could possibly mean. We should mention the deal is now official. It had been unofficially official for a while, but here's the statement from the Nets GM, Sean Marks. Mm. And by the way, has he been swinging for the fences since he got the job all the way around? Quote, adding an all-NBA player such as James to our roster better positions our team to compete against the league's best. He went on to then say James is one of the most prolific scorers in playmakers in our game, and we are thrilled to bring his special talents to Brooklyn. Jay? Big perk. Does this now, considering the way James Harden got out, you talk about him being unprofessional, you talk about the way he threw some teammates under under the bus with everything happening with Kyrie, does this turn the Brooklyn Nets into the new villains of the NBA? Well, well I wouldn't say that, but, I, I you know, people are going to be waiting for them to fall or waiting for them to fail. It's not, it's not, it's not they're not bringing a fan base there. I tell you that much, especially the way that Kyrie is handling things right now. And I tweeted about Kyrie when he when he first said that he wasn't playing because of everything that we're going that's going on in the world today. I said, you know what? If any player decides to take a game or two off and, and, and decompress or want to address some in social justice issues or address what's happening around the world, I'm okay with that. But then when the video surfaced and then when I found out he wasn't communicating with the organization and things to that nature, that's when it raised the red flag for me. And, and to top it off, he's the vice president of the Players Association. So when I said about four or five months ago when they voted Kyrie in as the vice president, I said, oh, Lord, the blind is leaking. <laughs> this is exactly why I made that statement. <laughs> Big per- like, speaking of Kyrie, what do you think is actually going on? Can like, and and how does that how does that affect this team when he does decide to come back? Well, well, that's a good question. I mean, we 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 all wondering what's going on. Hell, I think Sean Marks in the organization and Steve Nash wonder what's going on, and I think that's why they pulled out their Liberty. Uh, Liberty Mutual insurance policy and went got James Harden because they just don't know. Here it is. We're 15 games in, not even 15 games into the season, and Kyrie just went missing. No communication, no nothing. So Sean Marks and Steve Nash probably be thinking, hold on, if he's doing this now, we don't know what to expect from, from him in the near future. What if we get in the first round and he just decided not to show up? So <laughs> I, I thought not only did they get James, did they get James to help them come in and build up their team, but I thought it was an insurance policy for, for the organization for us being able to help to make that run for a title just in case Kyrie decides to vanish again. It's a great point when you think about it. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a fascinating story to watch each and every step of the way. And the next step is the Nets being back on the floor at home against Orlando in Brooklyn on Saturday. Harden could be in the lineup for that game. We're waiting for Kyrie at the earliest next week. Big Perk, thank you so much. 
Hey fellas, li- listen, don't 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 stay away, man. I mean, you know, don't keep me away too long. You know, <laughs> I'm supposed to be family. Y'all bring me on as a regular. Now I'm just saying. We All got right? you. I'm we, with you, Perk. We, we got you, 100. percent You good right. with us? See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great All to right. have Kendrick Perkins join us on the program, and obviously we should mention that I'm not telling how the Nets should do their business, but if I was bringing James Harden aboard, this is just my opinion my insurance policy would be with Progressive. That's just my opinion. You could go with any company you okay, want. Okay, I see I what you're doing. Go, I would go. I see what you're doing. With I see what you're doing. I got it. Let's roll to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the MVP this season. It's the best season he's ever had. Idle chatter like that doesn't have a space in my brain. Jared Goff is the most important player in the NFC playoffs. This would be an incredibly difficult challenge for Green Bay. I don't know. Dan Orlovsky is speaking the truth, but I think it could be an incredibly impressive performance and challenge for the Rams. It's take your pick, divisional style, chronological order, two games Saturday, two games Sunday, all the quarterback matchups and the fellows weigh in on who they would pick. Let's start with game one. Jared Goff, we think, let's just make it Goff, because if this is Wolford and Aaron Rodgers, I don't think there's a choice. Let's say it's Jared Goff with the right thumb injury. Aaron Rodgers, key, take your pick. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will get the best of a top defense in the National Football League in the Rams. Devontae Adams will certainly show out. This is why you get home field advantage. I don't know the weather, but I can promise you that weather is not going to be kind to the Los Angeles Rams traveling from L.A. to Green Bay. I know what it's like to play in the cold, and I know Jared Goff does not play well in the cold. I wonder how anybody would answer this question between Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff. I'm sure 100% would say Aaron Rodgers. Just to add to that, though, the fact that Aaron Donald is having that, having that issue uh, injury-wise, I, I think this hurts that Rams defense in a massive way. It's easy for me already to say Aaron Rodgers, but with the addition to Aaron Donald being hurt, it makes it even easier. No doubt. If you're not following, it's a rib cartilage injury, but they are saying he is on track to go. Speaking of go, are they going to go in the snow? Maybe, maybe not. Ravens, Bills, Orchard Park, New York, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. You know, this is an interesting matchup here because you have a quarterback that is relying on his ability to throw the football in Josh Allen. He understands those, the, the weather, the climate that he'll be in. Lamar Jackson has never played in the snow, which is mind-boggling to me. But the offense and style in which Baltimore uses is portable. They can travel anywhere with what they do, running the football, put, applying pressure on the defensive side of the ball, allowing Humphreys at the corner along with Marcus Peters to do some things to Stephon Diggs. I like the Baltimore Ravens in this situation because that running game is lethal. And when Lamar Jackson decides to pull it out of the stomach of the belly better yet, of the running back and keep it, there's no better quarterback in NFL history quite like him at running the football. Yeah, I'm curious what the line is on this game. Um, But, look, I agree with Key on Baltimore and the way they're able to run the game, run the ball. But at the end of the day, I, I still think that this offensive firepower, regardless of weather, considering they're used to playing in weather like that, just Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, man, with the, with the power that they have, I think that's going to be hard to stop. Let me answer your question. Right now, Bills are a two-and-a-half point favorite. Okay. That's where we stand at this particular point. And by the way, if you want to talk about Lamar not having played ever in the snow, how about the polar opposite? Josh Allen playing at Wyoming and at Buffalo. You think there's anybody that's more cased for cold-weather football exactly. playing in Laramie, Wyoming, in Orchard Park, New York? Here we go. Baker Mayfield. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Don't even let you finish. <laughs> okay. Patrick Mahomes. This, this is an easy one for me. That, now, here's what I would say. 
They're going to start slow, but they're not going to let get down by 28 points. But the offensive side of the ball for Kansas City is going to start slow. They've been off now for a couple weeks. So getting back into the groove on Sunday at 3.05 Eastern, yeah. they'll be able to put the ball in the air, and once that happens, it's a wrap. Mm. And Cleveland had a great run, man. There's nothing wrong. Cle- Cleveland shouldn't be ashamed. They had a great run, but it ends on Sunday. I don't know about this game. I don't know about this game, Zubin. I know we had to take a pick, and I know, yeah, I, I know Key can give me the crazy look. I, I don't know. I it's all good, man. You do I, you. I, the Chiefs are involved in a lot of close games. And them being off, there's something about this Cleveland team that just seems different. And I, everybody's going to pick Kansas City. I get it. And, I, you know, Chase Claypool, everybody continues to give this Cleveland Browns team ammunition. I know it's going to be hard for their defense to stop it, but I, I, I don't know about this game. See, well, you, you, you don't know about it, but you need to pick something. I can't make a pick. I don't know. <laughs> He's abstaining. This the first abstination on take your pick. No, I will say Jay is talking like a true gambler because you know the old saying, when the public's going one way, you run the other way. We will see. Here we go. The fourth of four. Tom Brady and maybe, possibly, the last game in the legendary career of mm. Drew Brees for the third time this season, Key, they will meet. Brees has won the first two. And, and look, when you look at the, the first two games, New Orleans did what they needed to do to beat up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay comes into this game having played a little bit different of late, but I still think Drew Brees having all of his weapons at his disposal, the Michael Thomases, the Sanders, the Camaras, all of these guys are there for him. And so I think that they go out, it'll be a 3-0 sweep, the hat trick, so to speak, uh, in New Orleans. This is a situation where they're not running up on the Minnesota Vikings. They don't have to worry about that. <laughs> that they could start to look forward to going to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game as the clock ticks away in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go Tom Brady and the Bucks here. I, I, you know, the way that the Saints have demolished, especially the last game, that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing for Tom Brady and the Bucs. And I had to leave a really bad taste in their mouth. I, I think this is a different game. I take Tom Brady. I, I think they step up and they rise up to the occasion. By the way, don't think I didn't notice Key, the closet hockey fan, dropped a hat trick reference. I know you're way more in. Oh, i got to stop talking about hockey. All right. Yes, hockey, One gets, thing I gotta mention hockey here. gets five seconds on this show. <laughs> Four, three. All right, it's already done. Uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, we're going to dig into that again at 9.45 a.m. Eastern in a way you are absolutely, I'm guessing, not thinking about. So hang tight if you can be with us at 9.45 a.m., a trip down memory lane that nobody is expecting. In our last couple of minutes here, Key, of all the games, the only game that has a double-digit spread is the game that Key cut me off on with the Browns and the Chiefs. I think we all know that Cleveland's going to win it, though. Jay is you know, on the fence a little bit oh, about stop, it. stop, man. Jay's just trying to be different. Jay... Boy, please, check his gambling log. I bet you he picked Kansas City. No, I, okay. All right. I mean, you're saying everybody in the world picked Pittsburgh to win. I'm just – it seems like this is a theme following them, and, and nobody is picking Cleveland here. That, I'm not. I, I know. Nobody. Key, I watch I watch you on NFL Live. I listen to all the experts and what they have to say. I haven't heard one person even say that the Browns have a chance. I'm just saying. Okay, last thing I would say, because let's just take the Browns and Chiefs out of it because of the spread and obviously because of everything Kansas City has. Of the three other remaining games, just pick the next one that you feel the most confident about. Take the Chiefs out of the picture because it's such a slam dunk in your mind. The next team of the three remaining games. Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. Jay, what do you think? I would say Green Bay as well. All right. We'll Jared, see Goff, Jared Goff doesn't play well in the cold. 
Um, he just doesn't. Yeah. He's a California kid. Doesn't play well in the cold. Yeah. I mean, look at his numbers in 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 cold weather games. He struggles. And mm-hmm. so when you look at that, that defense is good. Aaron Donald has a little rib deal going on. Um, you know, and and I just Green Bay offensively are playing at a different level. Aaron Rodgers is different. It's a different deal. And Keith, you talked about that rib injury. You know, as a wide receiver, I'm sure you guys use your hands a lot in the physicality of the game, but. I mean, the physicality, the volume of that from Aaron Donald's position is exponentially more, right? How do you – I don't know how it's going to affect him throughout the entire course of a game battling with that. I don't know. I don't know the, to the degree the injury is on him. I mean, I don't know. I know rib cartilage, though, if – if you know, I've, I've had it. And, I've, and when you get to moving around and that thing gets to sliding on you, it can hurt, but I'm sure – He'll have something to make him feel good, and <laughs> you know. And he was held out of the game against the, the 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 Seahawks. They didn't need him. They had it kind of under control, I think they thought, and so he didn't play as much as he probably would have played if it was you know they needed him. I think I think he'll be fine. Okay. He'll be fine. Lastly, the Packers are a six and a half point favorite. But real quick, if Jared Goff put Cayenne Pepper in his shoes on his toes, what would the number be? Could that move it down a point? <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's not his toes. It's his arm. It's his gotcha. mind. Cayenne pepper on the toes. Yeah. You never heard that before? Never heard no. it before. Because before they started the little hot packs that you can use. And, and you put, did it, which is why you're telling me. Yeah, you put the cayenne pepper at the tip of the shoes. It's it, uh, NFL guys that played back when I played, they'll tell you the cayenne pepper worked, man. Some, the pickle juice, right? All this pickle crazy stuff, for, man. Pickle juice is for... Uh, for fatigue and dehydration, and dehydration. Yeah. yeah, pickle juice, Pedialyte, all that sort of stuff. How many cayenne peppers? Just like one per per shoe? Or are you talking <laughs> about stacking the toe of the shoe with cayenne pepper? Um, so it was at the tip of the sock. So uh, I mean, the tip of the shoe. You don't put it in the in the sock. You put it in the tip of the shoe, and whatever it is in the pepper, it seeps through the little holes that are in the. Uh, so you don't apply it right to the feet. It's like the the uh, the sock is a buffer between you know the, the cayenne pepper in your foot. Very spicy take. This is Keyshawn <laughs> J. Williams Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier Seventeen. Brought to Pedialyte, you by though. Chase. Got to go for that young demo. As young as you can possibly Pedialyte. get. Pedialyte. Pedialyte. <laughs> yeah, you never had. Well, you didn't play, but Jay, you never did the Pedialyte or the the. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, the pickle, no, juice, the pickle and juice and the Pedialyte, yeah, all those day. Are, are and great, then when they great. came out with, like, grape-flavored Pedialyte and all that. <laughs> oh, gee. It's good stuff. Hey, whatever edge you need. Yeah. What? No, they did. They had – oh, I understand. Great. We, yes, I am African-American, and I like grape soda. That is correct. So, yes, I do. Yes, they had great Pedialyte. Great Pedialyte. Geez. You can say that, Jay Zubin, you cannot. I definitely cannot. Like most things. Okay. On the way, we've got some great fairy tale stories in this round of the playoffs. Like, like Jay said, what if the Browns were to win? What if Lamar could creep closer to the Super Bowl? What if the Bills continue their magical ride? All those stories are great. But the story our next guest authored, unbeatable. He's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the MVP this season. It's the best season he's ever had. Idle chatter like that doesn't have a space in my brain. Jared Goff is the most important player in the NFC playoffs. This would be an incredibly difficult challenge for Green Bay. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your SportsCenter update. The Jacksonville Jaguars could be the first team that's got a coaching vacancy to fill it. Adam Schefter is reporting that advanced negotiations and talks are underway between the Jags and Urban Meyer. Our Cowboys reporter, Todd Archer, also mentioning this morning that the Eagles within the division could be taking a look at Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, though Schefter did stress that could be just doing due diligence on a division rival. The world's a little different, right? Now you can talk to anybody on Zoom with just a quick phone call and internet connection. We'll keep tabs on both. Speaking of football, Kurt Warner here in one minute, the Hall of Famer. The Nets have acquired James Harden, who could be well on his way to the Hall of Fame, along with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. If the latter decides to return, blockbuster deal, four first-round picks, four teams, pick swaps, the whole deal. You got talented guys like Levert and Jared Allen and Oladipo all over the place. The deal is actually now official. Nets next game, Saturday at home at the Barclays Center against the Magic. And one more football note, Bill O'Brien is dismissed by the Texans, as you know. And he's heading back to the college game to replace Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Many of you may recall that when Penn State had its darkest days in the Paterno scandal, it was Bill O'Brien, who then took the job and brought the program back. He is now back in the college game. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless, new Platinum Unlimited plan. Includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the MVP this season. It's the best season he's ever had. Idle chatter like that doesn't have a space in my brain. They'll throw over the middle. Rodgers toward the goal line. Caught touchdown, Robert Tunyon. Jared Goff is the most important player in the NFC playoffs. You know, there's been a lot of hate thrown his way. This would be an incredibly difficult challenge for Green Bay. Goff is going to sneak it over the top and in. Big question there on Goff is will he actually start? On Saturday, there's so many things to get to with the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner, who joins us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Kurt and all of our guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. Kurt, I just want to back it up here a second. Thanks for calling in early. Uh, Just a segment ago on the program, Key was taking us inside, and Jay was too, the mind of a professional athlete. Some of the strange things that guys like me that never played to just watch you guys play. Key said sometimes in order to battle the cold in an NFL game, he would have cayenne pepper on the toe. I've seen pickle juice being drank for dehydration all over the place. Pedialyte being drank on the sidelines. As an athlete, is there something unique or strange that somebody would be like, you did that to get yourself juiced and back up in a game? <laughs> um, no, I didn't have a lot of things that, that I did. I wish I would have known some, some of that cayenne pepper <laughs> stuff when I went to the cold because 
I was a dome guy, and um, I always said it's impossible to get ready for cold weather in two days when you show up to a site. So it was really uh, an unfortunate thing being a dome guy. Or when you know I was in Arizona and we would end up going to New England, um, you know, it, it was natural for us to go over by the heater and, and worry about being warm as opposed to worrying about uh, playing the football game. I remember hearing a story that the. The New England Patriot coaches uh, were up in their box cheering before the game, and after the game, come, come to find out they were cheering because they saw when our guys came out for warm-ups, first thing we did was went over to the heater to warm up, and they're like, hey, we got these guys now. It, you know, They're not even thinking about the game. They're trying to figure out how to get warm. Um, you know, and we played in like a wet snow that year, Key. And so I remember people saying, well, yeah, the other team put Vaseline on the, the bottom of their shoes so that sticky snow wouldn't stick to their cleats while we're slipping all over the place. I mean, all little things like that that we had no idea because we were a bunch of guys that played in Arizona, never thought about it until the moment we had to play in it. And so I wish I would have known more of those things specifically about the cold weather. Well, there's going to be cold weather, obviously, in a couple places here in in Buffalo. I was going to say here in Buffalo, but in Buffalo, New York, obviously, and down in Green Bay where the Rams are going to go. When you look at the quarterback spot, you got two quarterbacks, Kurt, one in Jared Goff that I'm assuming is going to probably be the starter and has struggled in cold weather. And you got another guy in Lamar Jackson who's never played in snow. What should they do to get ready for this game? Well, the other thing, Key, is you got to realize as a quarterback, you know, and again, it's relative because Lamar's a little bit different. I'll talk about that. But we don't do anything. You know, as a quarterback – you know, if you're a drop-back quarterback, the most movement you do is a seven-step drop. And you do that every once in a while. So it's really hard to figure out a routine on how to keep your body warm. Uh, you know, what do you do on the sideline? Do you change your routine? You know, normally I would just stand up on the sideline and watch the game and kind of get off on my own. Do you sit by the heaters now? You know, do, do you get on a bike? Uh, but it was really hard for me because I wasn't a mobile guy and that wasn't a part of my game to stay loose and warm throughout. So that's going to be one challenge. Jared Goff, you know, how does he stay loose, uh, you know, physically? And then the other challenge is, is playing with a cold ball when you've got a broken finger um, and you don't have the same strength in your hand that you normally would. The balls get harder. Uh, the balls get a little more slick, depending on what exactly the weather is like, if there's any snow. And so being able to control the ball is really, really difficult, um, especially if you're not at full strength. Um, you know, I dealt with a broken hand one year when I went up to Philly and it was cold. And, man, there were times the ball would slip out of my hands before I even threw it as I was just bringing the ball back because I didn't have that same strength. So I think it's going to be a real challenge uh, for Jared Goff. On the other side, uh, you have Lamar, who is very active and is going to be running and is going to be like most players. I don't think the cold weather is going to be near the factor for him. And I think when you're a runner uh, and you've got such tremendous balance like Lamar does, playing in weather, uh, playing in snow can be a distinct advantage for the runner who knows where they're going. And, um, you know, and so I think Lamar... You know, we'll have to see how it affects him throwing. But, I mean, he plays in Baltimore where it's cold anyways. He has to be somewhat used to that. Um, but I think it can be a huge advantage in their run game playing in the weather, even though he hasn't done it before. I think it's a little easier, um, you know, when you're going to stay warm and you're running and you're moving, which is obviously a huge part of Lamar's game. Kurt, 
everybody has the Chiefs beating the, the Browns. You know, the, the one formula that you saw when the Raiders were able to get it done was that obviously Josh Jacobs' time and possession controlling the, uh, the clock in the game. Do you think the Browns have a chance? Well, I mean, I'm never going to say a team doesn't have a chance. I mean, I was on a team that was considered the worst playoff team ever, uh, and we found ourselves two minutes from winning a Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, everybody has a chance. And, you know, we, as we saw last week, you know, not a lot of people gave them a chance against Pittsburgh. And then Pittsburgh had some things go bad early. And hope is such a, you know, powerful thing in the NFL is, you know, mental, you know, we can be as physically ready as we want. But, you know, there's a mental aspect without a doubt to playing the game. And, you know, sometimes you go in mentally and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do we win? How do we stay in this game? Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, a snap goes over the top of the quarterback's head and you're going, oh, wait, hold on a second. Now we got a 7-0 lead. Now we get the ball back and we got a 14-0 lead. So there's things that can surely happen that, um, that lift the hope of the Browns. You know, when I look at this game, though, you look at it and you say, you know, there's got to be two things. A, they've got to control the line of scrimmage. They have got to dominate the run game. Um, that's where it starts. And then, you know, Baker... He's got to be able to, to, to play really good football, but not try to do too much. You know, that has been the thing when you watch Baker at times where he just kind of decides, I'm going to make this throw. Even if it's not the right throw, he decides he's going to jam it in there and make that throw. And he can make every throw on a football field, but those bad decisions can spiral the opposite direction as well. I think he has to avoid those things, play really well, but avoid those big mistakes in this game because we all know who's on the other side. And we've seen you know an entire playoff run last year where he was down every game, down by two touchdowns or more at times, and brought his team back time and time again. And all it takes is a little spiral in the wrong direction, and they can explode for 28 points at any point in time. So I really do believe uh, it's going to take a perfect game plan offensively for the Browns. Uh, to have a chance in this one. Kurt Warner joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, and that would be Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kurt, Kurt Warner, two-time MV, NFL MVP and Super Bowl champion. Kurt, two oldie but goodies are going up against each other and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Who gets the best of one another? Man, uh, I'm excited about this one because obviously the Bucks are playing at a different level than they were the last two times that they played. Um, but I, I really think it's going to come down to the defensive front for both teams. You know, who can get after the quarterback? In the first two meetings, the Saints' defensive line dominated those matchups. And they were all over Tom Brady, and they made Tom Brady uncomfortable, which is something we've said for years, and it's, you know, it's no secret for any pocket passer. You know, if you can get quick pressure on a pocket passer, they're much more uncomfortable. They don't want to sit in there and, and try to throw the ball down the field, which is a big part of what Tampa does. They've got to try to figure out ways to get it out of their hand. And Tom's not the most mobile guy. And so they have dominated up front. They have hit him often. They've gotten quick pressure on him. Even though there's been things open down the field, they've got quick pressure to make him think about getting the ball out of his hands and not holding it for that purpose. Um, and then on the flip side, Tampa Bay's front – has not gotten after Drew Brees. And Drew is at the point in his career where he doesn't sit back there and hold the football. He's going to get it out. He's going to you know, make completions. 
Uh, even though he had some big completions against them last time when they played zone defenses, uh, I think it really comes down to the front. Which front gets after the quarterback better? Um, and I lean towards the Saints. I just think they're a better defense. Uh, I really like the way that they match up and the way that they challenge the Bucks. And uh, I think the Saints are going to pull out of this thing with a three and zero record against Tom Brady this year. Um, is kind of how I see it right right now. Not too many teams can say throughout the course of any season we dominated Tom Brady, but that's the way that it is. Fascinating insight from Kurt Warner. Kurt, I hope things are going well. I know you're on the mend. I really appreciate you joining us this morning. You got it, guys. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right, Kurt. Same Thanks, to you. Kurt. For those that may not be aware, five days ago he tested positive for COVID-19, but Kurt is on the way back. He missed the studio. He's been with NFL Network for the last 11 years. He's oh, been yeah. along for the ride, just like you've been at ESPN, serving as a great studio analyst. He did miss Super Wildcard Weekend, but we look to have him back. If you're watching the NFL Network this morning, best to wow. Kurt. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, we'll go into the hot tub time machine for the very first Brady Breeze Matchup. You love that, don't you? Hi, it's Greeny, and James Harden has been traded to the Nets in a blockbuster deal that shakes up the entire power structure of the NBA. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more with me Thursday. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And this is a big thing because we're getting ready for a big divisional weekend of football. And with all due respect, if one of your favorite teams is still alive, the eight teams alive to try to win Super Bowl 55, you got to admit at least this weekend for fans at large around the country, there's no bigger game than the Bucks and the Saints, Tom Brady and Drew Brees for the third time this season, with Brees having won both games rather handily. But the very first time they played, I know you could go back to Drew's days in San Diego when it was the Pats and when it was the Chargers. And then you could go back to the Pats and the Saints when Drew made his way to the Bayou and became a legend like Brady did in Foxborough. But if you go even further back... Before either one of these dudes was in the NFL. Michigan, Purdue. You bet 
October 2nd, 1999. And I know the overwhelming majority of you are listening on the radio, but it's all over social media. It's on YouTube. Go find it when you have a chance. But for those of you watching on television, let's go into the Wayback Machine. Michigan, 38. Purdue, 12. On Saturday, October 2nd, 1999. Tom Brady somehow holding off Keys boy Drew Henson to go 15 for 25 for 250 yards. Two touchdowns, no picks. Drew Brees, 20 for 49, 293 yards, one touchdown. He was picked. And the biggest thing that happened after this game, it could come full circle. This game ended the Heisman candidacy of Drew Brees even before it began. This was supposed to be the big breakout game. It didn't happen, and I come full circle because key, it was the end of his Heisman campaign. Could be, if Brady can get the edge, the end of Drew Brees' pro career, if you Mm. believe what some people are saying, that this could be his final game. A blast from the past, the old Big Ten, Michigan-Purdue. Brady got the edge that day, but when it is counted the most in 2020 and moving into 2021, it has been Breeze, who got the edge. Can Brady turn the tide this weekend? You know, it's so funny. You mentioned all of that, right? And, and you said no Heisman Trophy. They ended that. And I'm thinking about Drew Breeze's professional career, and I'm saying to myself, I'm going, Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. or hundreds of millions of dollars, Super Bowl <laughs> champion. Maybe twice. Maybe twice. Surefire Hall of Fame first ballot walk in. The door's already open. I'm like, which one would you trade? You know, it's just like. It's close. It, but it, it, yeah, I, I want the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's worried about that. The, 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 the second game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had their way. There's yeah. no question about it, the New Orleans Saints. And I think they will get their way a third time mm. because they got a full arsenal of weapons now. He has everybody. He hasn't played with everybody all year long and healthy. He gets that now. And I know Tampa Bay has kind of started to play a little bit better in, in things of that nature. You know, Ronald Jones has been hobbled a little bit. Let's see what he looks like. But in, in the end, they'll have a chance to win. But for some reason, I feel like it's the Saints' opportunity, and they have to take advantage of it to get to Green Bay because I'm already giving Green Bay a W. I'm already I'm handing them their W against the Rams. You know, Zubin, a lot of times us as former athletes – you can uh, empathize or understand what a lot of other athletes are going through. But I would love to be a fly on the wall inside of Drew Brees' brain, uh, you know, leading into this game. Just for the fact that Tom Brady coming and you recognizing that, you feeling that, you playing them twice, you dominating them twice, and just understanding the history, how significant, just not a game this is, but this massive opportunity he has to win another Super Bowl and understanding the history of how the Saints and Drew Brees feel like they were cheated out of a Super Bowl. Um, it's just all that leading into this next series of this game and if they're able to get by that, how it leads. I mean, that, that's that's I know we're not going to see He's probably not going to see it as weight, but you have to be thinking about that. You have to be thinking about legacy and where you are and what you want your final stamp on this game that has meant so much to you in your life to be. It's a great point. It could be a great crescendo moment for Breeze if he can finish the door and walk out a winner. But key here in our last couple minutes, and I, I know he's your guy. I just, it just chuckles like 
that Tom Brady ever had a problem distancing himself from another quarterback. You got to think back. Drew Henson was a Michigan high school legend, played baseball, played football. Yankees. Yankees, Michigan. I mean, think I tell about him that. all the time. He couldn't hit a, thir- couldn't hit a curveball, huh, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you guys got together in the NFL. But to think about the fact that this guy was a boyhood wonder. I mean, if you're old enough, you'll Missed remember. Sports Illustrated. Right? Yeah. The right golden arm and the whole deal. The fact that when you look at it almost 20 years longer down the line, the fact that Brady had difficulty distancing himself from Drew Henson, it just goes to show you never, ever, ever, ever know. Man, it, it, it happens in all sports, right? You, you, it's the right place, the right time, the right situation. Yeah. Maybe if Drew Henson doesn't go to the Yankees and goes to the Houston Texans and starts that process, mm-hmm. now he becomes the guy. And, and when you look at it, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt because of Mo Lewis. Mm-hmm. So Tom Brady, every Christmas should send <laughs> Mo Lewis a huge gift because yeah. what if Drew plays the entire year and Belichick drafts a quarterback to put him in front of Brady? I mean, you got all the little subplots. In the end, it worked out, right? I mean, it, it, it is what it is. He's the greatest quarterback that I've seen play with my eyes. I think he's the GOAT. I also think Montana's the GOAT. So when you start to look at certain things – it worked out. There's no complaints at all. I mean, there's none. Tell him, no Zubin, you can't have way. two goats. You can't have two goats. Singular. You got to have one goat. Singular. No, <laughs> baby I'm going to have as many you, goats Zubin. as I damn want, Jay. Greenies next. Joe Thomas talking Browns. We'll see you tomorrow.